This is episode 172 of IDRA Class Notes. You know, racial integration continues to be a priority, you know, not just for policymakers, not just for school board members and school leaders, but also the community. We're at a point in time, you know, in our history where we seem to be turning the clock back. We shouldn't be here, but we are here and we need to think about smarter ways to pursue and achieve that racial integration that, you know, generations of children certainly deserve. Hello, this is Hector Bojorquez from IDRA, Intercultural Development Research Association. Welcome to IDRA Class Notes. Today we'll be speaking with David Hinojosa, the IDRA EAC South Director, and we'll be discussing different methods of achieving school integration, including the use of student socioeconomic backgrounds as a way of achieving school-wide integration. David, would you like to please introduce us to this topic? Yes, thank you very much, Hector. Appreciate this opportunity. Now, this topic arises, you know, school integration has been around, you know, for for centuries, of course. And, you know, as we went from a dual school system where students went to black schools, students went to white schools, students went to Chinese schools and Mexican schools and so forth. And, of course, we had the Brown v. Board decision that came around and said, no, you can't do that. You can't have that. And then over the years, you know, the court's you know, made some progress, but also struggled, communities struggled to realize the promise of Brown and have integrated schools, and communities themselves ended up resegregating. And so for for many schools, though, they're not content with that. They're not content with how housing policies have fed into the resegregation of schools. And so they look to use the socioeconomic status of families as a tool to help reintegrate schools along many different strata, including race. And so they might use a a student's eligibility for the free and reduced price lunch program. They might use census data. They might use educational attainment data of the parents to try and figure out, you know, better ways of integrating schools. What are the benefits of trying to use socioeconomic status as opposed to just using race? So the courts in in 2007, in a a case known as Parents Involved in Community Schools, suggested that, you know, race can kind of only be used as a last resort. Certainly they did understand, you know, that race is a compelling reason that school districts can still uh, pursue uh, policies to help reduce racial isolation and to create diverse schools. But... Because of those limitations placed on that case, schools were looking for other ways to try and integrate schools without running afoul of their constitutional duties. And so what they've done is use race to help create more integrated schools, which can lead to increased student achievement. The intergroup contact, of course, you know, if you have students not just going to the same school, but also learning together within the classrooms. It helps reduce uh, racial prejudice. It helps uh, develop critical thinking skills, and it helps reduce uh, stereotypes that children have going both ways. And what's important to know is that these benefits of integrated schools aren't just running one way. So it's not just from the high-income students or the, the white student population 
they also reap the benefits with increased student achievement, with increased critical thinking skills in, in the classroom and from being educated alongside, you know, their students of color peers. So I seem to recall that in initial court cases, one of the problems that the resources that <clears throat> white schools had were usually better than the resources that other schools had. You just said that in 2007, race was diminished as a tool to integrate. Does this help ameliorate that situation as well, as far as resources are concerned? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, certainly school districts themselves can take affirmative efforts to better distribute resources within their own Mm -hmm. school districts, you know, between schools. And they definitely still need to do that. So, you know, are there more experienced, more qualified teachers in the higher income schools? And, you know, what other resources, extracurricular activities, et cetera, advanced coursework, what what are existing between those schools? And schools should be cognizant of that. But they should also be making affirmative efforts, not just to keep the schools separate, but equal in that respect, well, regarding uh, resource equity issues, but they should also look at having schools that still integrate the students and so that they can also access those really critical resources that are needed for students to learn, that are needed for students to succeed in the classroom. Mm-hmm. So you basically mentioned two things. One is that it helps ameliorate, improve equity and resource issues in other quality curriculum, but also with interpersonal issues where kids are exposed to each other, basically. Um, what are the best practices to use socioeconomic background as integration tool? I imagine that there's a dearth of resources or practices. Sure. So I, I think there's a lot of different methods and approaches that school districts are doing today in order to use SES as a tool for integration, including race integration. Now, you know, the research on what exactly works better is still being developed. There, there is definitely, you know, some research out there on, you know, some of these different methods. So whether or not school districts are redrawing attendance boundaries, for example, or maybe choosing the site selection for schools so that they can be in a location where they are accessed both by higher income and lower income neighborhoods. They, you know, research shows that, you know, magnet schools that consider the use of socioeconomic status have been, you know, successful in achieving racial integration among other benefits and, you know, some controlled choice manners where a student gets and a family gets to choose a school, but that is still controlled by the district, ensuring that these schools are balanced along, you know, income status. So there's a variety of methods. And then, of course, you know, how that is implemented is real critical on uh, the success of the program. Are there practices or ideas that you really just think people should stay away from as far as socioeconomic integrations, practices that stigmatize children? I think, you know, the former freedom of choice models, you know, from back in the 50s and 60s as schools were were required to integrate and they said, okay, well, we're going to just leave up the choice wholly to families and let them choose. I think that those 
same models are sometimes shopped around as, you know, again, a choice model, but they are definitely not as successful as some of the other controlled choice, some of the others that are directly considering the school site selections to integrate student bodies. Are there situations that you've seen or heard of where there's recalcitrance or hesitance from parents on wanting to be involved in this kind of integration? And if so, how is it that you get around that? Sure. I think sometimes, you know, school districts aren't strategic enough about this process. You know, one of the really important points of pursuing this kind of integration and, and other parts of integration, for that matter, even if you're using race in other permissible ways, is that the school leadership collaborate with the community in helping to design, in helping to research and investigate the different methods, because that buy-in has to be from the community as well, and they play an incredibly important part. So when those activities or those opportunities for collaboration are absent, oftentimes you don't have that local buy-in, and schools really struggle. Schools really struggle to get students to participate and commit you know, to these school integration models, and they end up falling apart. Mm-hmm. Oh, so what resources do you see are available to help people integrate schools? So there's a number of different research papers I think out there that folks can can look at, you know, for, you know, some basic understanding, for some basic direction. You know, the Penn State Center for Education and Civil Rights has put out some materials out there. And, you know, for technical assistance, of course, the Equity Assistance Centers, the EACs, are available to assist school districts all across the South so long as race, national origin, sex, or religion is an issue, we are available to provide technical assistance. And that might be something as simple as, you know, facilitating communications within a school district on this. It might be more directly establishing criteria and investigating criteria for producing the most effective school integration models. It might be on the back end of helping school districts analyze their current existing programs. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, there's a a great opportunity, you know, and I do want to mention that school integration and the use of SES integration, as well as the use of race, is a priority of the EACs, the Equity Assistance Centers. Uh, we are also going to be collaborating and, and expect to release later this fall a framework for school districts to follow who want to pursue and or modify their current existing problems and that align, you know, with the best practices and the research that we have right now. And that will be, you know, an incredible tool available to not just school districts, but also the greater public who might want to pursue this or get their local schools or school districts to engage in. So how do schools identify the need to do this? Is it because they're being told that they need to do this, or is it because they themselves have self-identified the need to integrate this? What is it that pushes a school to do this? So there's a variety of contexts. Sometimes it is a school desegregation order because there still are dozens of school desegregation orders, especially across the South. In our EAC region 2, the Southern region, we have 97 of 101 active school desegregation orders. Student assignment policies is still an issue that has not been overcome by several school districts. So sometimes it's a court order. Other times it's an investigation by the Office 
for civil rights or the Department of Justice, maybe not an active case, but just an investigation that might lead to this. Other times it might be an over-identification of discipline issues, or it might be related to resource equity issues. Any of these might be self-identified. They might be identified by the community. They might be identified by a nonprofit organization Mm -hmm. that is doing research on this or researchers in the field themselves. And so they might identify this need for racial integration in order to overcome you know, some of these real challenges. And it might also be identified as a school turnaround method. So, you know, with Mm -hmm. school districts that are identified under accountability systems, you know, what are opportunities out there to help them achieve, you know, greater student performance results. And racial integration and the use of SES integration is a proven method, is an evidence-based method that school districts might be looking at to pursue. And as a closing, are there any closing statements that you'd like to make? You know, racial integration continues to be a priority. It should be a priority, you know, not just for the policymakers, not just for school board members and school leaders, but also the community. We're at a point in time, you know, in our history where we seem to be turning the clock back and we shouldn't be here, but we are here and we need to think about smarter ways. Uh, We know the benefits of racially integrated schools. We know the benefits of racially integrated workplaces. And so we should all strive to pursue and achieve that racial integration that, you know, generations of children certainly deserve. Thank you for listening to IDRA Class Notes. For more information on IDRA and other Class Notes topics, go to www.idra.org. You can also send us your thoughts by email to podcast at idra.org.